One of the most universal desires that we have as people is the desire for love and acceptance. And wouldn't it be good news if I told you that you could feel that in the fullest, regardless of what you do, from the person who matters the most? Now, we've all heard that those desires can be met in Christ, but I don't want us to just simply hear it today. I want to help us feel it. Hi everybody, I'm Joseph Walter, and this is Loving Theology. Now we're in a series talking about the good news, and specifically why is the gospel good news? Last time we talked about how whenever we're trapped in slavery to sin, part of the good news is that Christ came to set us free from that slavery. That whenever we're stuck in habitual sin that honestly brings us sorrow and that we wish that we could stop, that Christ came to break that bondage to sin so that we were free to do what he called us to do. And we saw how that was good news. This time though, I wanna explore that freedom through a different lens. Let's start by going back to the verse that we were reading from last time. Whenever Jesus is reading from the prophet Isaiah in Luke 4, 18, he's reading to tell us what the good news is. And he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now this word liberty on both counts, both times that it's used in these verses, comes from the Greek root of phasis. And here's what it means. It can be understood as a letting go, a release, a pardon, or complete forgiveness. Now at, at first glance, if I'm honest, this translation seems a little bit odd because how does forgiveness get translated as liberty or translated as freedom? Uh, how does forgiveness equal freedom? But as, as I think about it, and I think about what we talked about last time, about how sin entraps us to the point that we can't do even what we want to do anymore, and how he came to forgive us and set us free from that, what's more is that we know that sin has consequences. And, I mean, we've, we've read that the, the wages of sin is death. And so whenever we think about that, I can start to see how forgiving us of those sins sets us free from those consequences to sin and sets us free from being bound to it. So I start to see some of the connection. And the way that the analogy that sort of came to mind as I was thinking about this is imagine a prisoner. Imagine if a prisoner was somehow able to escape. You know, he, he makes a plan and he gets out of prison. Well then, you know, and I'm sure you've seen a movie of this kind. Well then he has to run for the rest of his life. He has to avoid being caught again because, you know, everybody's looking for him. And if he gets caught, then he's going to go back to prison. So he's not free in terms of what he can do. He has to be careful about what he does. And he can't just do anything that he wants. Now imagine the opposite story. Imagine that someone gains their freedom from prison, but not by escaping, by receiving a pardon where they are completely forgiven of the crimes that they've committed. Then at that point, they can walk out in the daylight of prison and do anything that they want, that they are free to do what they want. They don't have to be careful about where they go or what they do because they have been completely forgiven. And that's where I think that I saw that this forgiveness is freedom. And David in the Psalms, he describes it so well, what this freedom feels like. I'm going to read from Psalms 32. In verse 1, it says this, um, start going through verse 4. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, 
whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the summer heat. And in that, you can feel that sense of weight that sin can represent, where we feel like we're trying to hide things and we're trying to, to keep things silent and, and not let them be discovered. But whenever we're forgiven and pardoned, we can come out in the light and feel complete freedom, feel that weight lifted off of our shoulders. And I've got another post where I talk about how sin drives us to keep things secret and actually keeps us um, from giving our heart fully to God. That whenever we're in sin, we oftentimes even avoid talking to God openly because we know that we might need to talk about that. We want to avoid the possibility that we feel like we have to talk about it and eventually he might ask us to give it up. And so whenever we're in sin, sometimes that can keep us from being able to hear God's voice. And that post is called Hearing God, and I'll put a link for it below so that you can check that out if that's helpful to you. But in that freedom, there's something more. See, Christ doesn't simply set us free and leave it at that. But in the midst of that freedom, in that pardon, there is also the most precious gift, peace with God. And if I can explain that gift, maybe let me start by taking a step back and let's, let's talk about the fact that one of the most basic human motivations, one of the most basic human desires is that we desire a sense of love and acceptance, that basically we wanna feel like we belong somewhere. What's more is that we don't simply want to be loved for what we do, we wanna be loved regardless of what we do. The, the pastor of my church, Robert Morris, explained it this way and I really liked the story. Uh, he said that oftentimes, whenever he was married and, and younger, um, that he would ask his wife, Debbie, why do you love me? And her answer would be something like, um, you know, because you're kind or because you're good. And then he would struggle with that answer because his next thought was, well, so you're saying that if I wasn't kind, you wouldn't love me? Because I know I'm not always kind. And, and so he would struggle with that. And then one day, God, in his quiet time, he felt like God said, I know why Debbie loves you. It's the same reason that I love you. And in response, he says, okay, God, why do you love me? And God's answer was definitive, because you're mine. And you see, I think that therein lies this sense of belonging, that we belong to God. And because of that, he loves us regardless of what we do. Now, if this is something that's interesting for you, we've got another post where we talk a little bit more about this. We talk about whether or not our soulmates can satisfy us. We often look for this sense of love and belonging in our marriage. And so we talk about whether or not we can really find that fulfillment in marriage and what role does God play in helping us to feel satisfied in marriage. And that's in our, in our series that we've called Finding Satisfaction. I'll put a link for that post so that you can watch it if that's interesting to you. Now, as a part of this, we also long for approval, that we want to please those whose opinions matter the most to us, those who are the closest to us. For example, whenever Monica is mad at me, it gnaws at me. It consumes my thoughts. Whenever I know that she's not happy with what I've done, then it just sort of is something that I turn over in my mind over and over again. Maybe even I'm lying awake at night and I'm thinking back on the conversation. I'm, I'm trying to find a way to think through and get to a point of peace that I didn't do anything wrong or um, that, that I can make it right somehow. 
so that I can be reconciled and I can be at peace that she is happy with me. Or, or maybe you'll identify with the opposite, that whenever I feel like she is happy with me or whenever I feel like my kids are happy with me, the people whose opinions matter the most to me, that I know that they're happy with me, that then I feel a sense of confidence even, that I feel a sense of peace and that I kind of walk around a little bit uh, in a better mood. And more to the point here, I think the opinion that matters the most to us is God's. And maybe let me demonstrate it. What if you knew for certain, beyond any doubt, that God loved you and that he was pleased with you, that he was happy with you? Doesn't that bring a sense of relief? It does for me. I, I know that whenever I'm thinking through something or struggling with something, I know that if I can talk to God and feel a sense that he is pleased with what I did, that even if other people aren't happy with it, I feel okay. I feel a sense of confidence, nevertheless, in what I did. So at, at a certain level, I think that our, our center or the core of what we want is peace with God. We want to know that he is good with us, that he is happy with us. And I think that honestly, even whenever that's lacking, that's what drives some of our conflict with other people. Because like I said, if you know that God is happy with what you did, that you know that God is pleased with you, then you don't feel the need, at least I don't feel the need, to pursue pleasing everybody else. And so I don't get irritated or angry whenever they hold back that acceptance because I know that I am acceptable by the person whose opinion is the most authoritative opinion, by the person whose opinion matters the most. So we long to be loved by God and we long to be pleasing to him. But the problem is that oftentimes we do things that maybe aren't so lovable. And we certainly do things that aren't so pleasing. But if there's one person who did it right, if there's one person who was lovable and who was pleasing, it was Christ. That he had the perfect relationship with the Father regarding both of these things. That he belonged to his Father who loved him. And that everything that he did pleased him. And it makes me think back to this verse, and maybe you remember it, where Jesus was baptized. And whenever he came up out of the water, the father said this. He said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. That's Matthew 3, 17. And as I think about these core human desires that we have, this desire for a sense of belonging and a sense of love, and then also this desire to be accepted and pleasing, it's amazing to me how both of those are in this statement from the Father, that both of those desires are perfectly um, satisfied in what the Father says. Listen to it again. This is my beloved Son. There's that love and belonging. And then again in the, later, in the second half of the verse, with whom I am well pleased. That sense of approval and acceptance. Okay, now how does all of this, though, tie back to that word liberty, and how does all of it tie back to the gospel and the good news that we're talking about? Now, we know that the forgiveness that Christ gave us is given to us through the gift of his righteousness, that Christ's righteousness was given to us. And that word righteousness, one of the ways that it's commonly explained, is being in right standing with God. In other words, having right relationship with God. So what that means is that whenever Christ gave us his righteousness, he gave us his relationship with the Father. Now, if I could take a brief moment 
That word relationship is meant to be literal. And we have a series where we talk about what that relationship looks like. We talk about how our relationship with God is the same as we would have a relationship with anybody. It's based in a conversation. So I'll put a link for that series that we call Talking with God. If you want to explore a little bit more about what does this word relationship mean and, and how can we have that relationship with God. Now, like I said, whenever it says that we have been given Christ's righteousness, the other way of saying that is that we have been given Christ's relationship with the Father. And the Apostle Paul explains it this way in Romans 5.1. He says, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And what's more is that this right standing with God, this righteousness, doesn't depend on what we do. Instead, it depends on what Christ did and on our receiving that gift through faith. So then, just like we were talking about, we are loved and accepted. We have this relationship, not based on what we do, but based on who we are, based on the fact that we are children of God. Now, we have another post where we talk about this, where we talk about how God doesn't stop loving us because of what we do, but he keeps pursuing us over and over, that he keeps coming after us to love us and to be there for us. In that post, we talk about how God's faithfulness is love. And I'll put a link for that post in case that's something that you want to hear more about. Let me summarize this. It's, it's so good that it bears repeating. That Christ came to pardon us from our sins in his death on the cross. And in pardoning us from our sins, he set us free. He set us free from the bondage to sin. And he also set us free from the consequences of sin. And so in that, in that pardon, he gave us the gift of his relationship with the Father as a free gift to us. That our relationship with the Father was now the same as his relationship with the Father. Okay, so we've heard it, but now I want to help us feel it. Think back to the story of the time that Jesus was baptized. Whenever he came up out of the water, the Father said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And it's easy to feel confident that that's how the Father felt about Jesus, that he loved him and was pleased with him. But it is hard to feel confident that that's how he feels about us. Because I know that I've messed up. I know that I've fallen short. But here is the good news. This is the gospel. That Christ gave us his relationship with the Father as our own. And as a result, now God looks at you and says, you are my beloved son. I am well pleased with you. That the same confidence and the same feeling that we have about the way that he felt about Jesus, we can feel about us. He says, you are my beloved daughter. In you, I am well pleased. And it's this relationship with God that satisfies our deepest longings, our longing for love and acceptance. This is the good news. Next time, Monica and I wanna to try to tie this series together with more of a practical discussion on how do we live free from our sin. Be sure to subscribe and hit the bell because you don't wanna miss it. And also put a playlist for this series and a link so that 
you can watch the whole series um, if you're watching this later. Thank you again for joining us today.